What is going on, guys? And welcome to another episode of the Beyond Red Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me this time around. This week, we had the opportunity of talking with David Alexander, the lead singer of Carousel Kings. Carousel Kings is a cool pop punk band out of Lancaster, Pennsylvania. I've been listening to their music for a few years now, and I've been a huge fan. And I think you guys are going to really, really dig on it. So if you haven't checked out their music, check it out. Jump right back here to the podcast. And also another reminder, definitely check us out on social media. We got Facebook, we got Instagram, we got Twitter, and I would love to be in contact with y'all. So be sure to touch base with me. And without further ado, let's jump right on in to this podcast. Welcome to to the podcast today. Thank you so much for your time. Just h- hanging out, you said, at the uh, the CI Records in Lancaster? Yep. Uh, just hanging out uh, in the back here. Good deal. Using their Wi-Fi, actually. Heck yeah, man. That's the best way to do it, man. Just, just tap in and, yeah. and get some, get some free coverage there. <laughs> yeah. It's actually our man, our manager's office. Oh, fantastic. Office. That's convenient. Yeah. So double whammy. Heck yeah, dude. That's, that's perfect. So, um, real quick at just to start off, um, I wanted to, you know, see if you could just give us a, a quick little like Wikipedia history of, of uh of the band carousel kings um i'll give you like the shorthanded version uh perfect we have released i guess what we started in uh 2000 early early 2009 late 2008 can't believe it's been that long but <laughs> that's um, time flies man out, uh, two, yeah we put out our first full length on ci record in 2012 that was a slice of heaven um, we did like a, a bunch of EPs and then I released, uh, unity, um, which was our second full length on CI records, which is just, uh, in the indie label in Lancaster. Um, we did warp, uh, during those times and then yeah, 2014 and 2016. Um, and it was in between those times that we, I guess, ended up signing with victory we wrote Charm City, put it out toward that. Um, and since then, we've been touring more frequently, especially like internationally and stuff. So I feel like we've had like a, a very slow, like more natural growth to the band with like all the time. And we've never really rushed to do anything. So um, hey, that's good, man. Come a long way for sure. Yeah, that's awesome. I didn't realize y'all have been around for so long. That's fantastic because um like you were saying, 2012 was the, the earliest thing that I was able to, to kind of find. Um, but, uh, that's cool, man. That's freaking awesome. So, um, how'd you guys kind of form the band? Was it just like friends from school or, or what was the, the kind of story behind, behind all you guys getting to know each other and producing music together? Yeah. So, um, originally it was just a bunch of friends, uh, from the local Lancaster music scene. Um, dudes who later went on to form, I don't know if there's a metal band called one year later. Um, they were also on CI records, but we were kind of just like all in the same group of of dudes growing up in the scene. So I started, uh, yeah, I'm actually the only remaining 
uh, original guy. So, like, the lineup we have now has been since, like, the first Warped Tour uh, appearance on. We've had just the same group of guys. Um, um, originally, the the dudes who I started the band with, they all ended up getting either, like, married or, you know what I mean, getting, like, better jobs and stuff and moving on. Um, <laughs> but I... I don't know. I, I honestly, I feel like you in a way, uh, I definitely couldn't, I can't imagine not having music in my life. I'm very passionate about it. Um, find that writing and especially playing, playing at shows and meeting like genuine people with that genuine, uh, interest. It's just, it's, uh, irreplaceable. I feel like, you know? Yeah, for sure, dude. I, uh, and I definitely, I definitely long for it. That's heck awesome. yeah, man. I, so I found your guys's music, um, when your, your, your unity album, the deluxe version dropped. So I, I like, I've always been like a guy who back in the day. So back when you would have started your music and a little bit before then I used pure volume to just like comb the internet for music. And so I had a lot of different bands and and then from 2009 to 2011, I, I went and served a, a service mission. And so I was gone. I had no touch with like the music and stuff. I come back and like the whole, the whole world has changed around me basically. Cause I, I didn't use a whole lot. I mean, I emailed, that was the extent of my use when I was gone. So I come back and, and like the music discovery process and everything Spotify's around. And I'm like, Holy cow, what is going on? You know? And so, so I, it took me a little bit to kind of get used to that. So I kind of, what I really did is I went back to the, the bands that I listened to the most back in those times. So it was like a lot of Reliant K, a lot of Blink-182. And I put all those back on because my iPod was now, you know, useless, <laughs> had to get a new phone. And so anyway, I started discovering more music and, um, and then down the road, they finally started fixing it to make it so I could see all the new releases within the genre, only the genre I cared about. And, uh, I saw unity and I was like, Hey, that's a cool album art. And, um, tell me if, if you agree with this, David, um, I think when you look at, at the album art of a CD, it's almost instant that you can know whether you're going to like it or not. Do you agree? Um, yeah, I, I, I vibe with that statement. I feel like it's, yeah, I feel like it can even, yeah, absolutely. If you see something that's eye catching, you know, right away, whether or not you want to keep checking it out or, or you know, hit browse. So yeah, like, I feel hundred percent with you on that. Yeah. So, so really I saw, I saw your guys's CD cover and it made me instantly the, the thought that came to my head was a day to remember the style, like the, the, uh, the words really is what kind of caught my attention was like the font that you used. And, um, and so I was like, I love a day to remember. Let's check these guys out. And instantly I was hooked. And one of the coolest things that I, um, that I found was, um, you guys covered a hip hop song and which song was it that you covered? I can't think of it right now. Oh, the, the up, up and away um, by kid Cudi. Yeah. Yeah. Dude. And it was, it was like, I don't know. I, I can't even explain how cool it was. I just loved when I heard that, like I heard all of your songs like, man, these guys freaking rock. And then I heard a cover and I was like, these guys know how to make music because it's easy to make your own sounds own songs sound great. But when you can cover, especially something that's, that's as intricate as a kid Cuddy song, you're, 
I, I was like, these guys know what's up. And so first off props for that. But, um, but second is, um, as like, I, I kind of went long winded on that whole introduction of how like music evolved, but I actually was wanting to, to kind of pick your brain on that with that evolution where you started in 2008, 2009, that evolution of technology and availability of music. How has that impacted you as a band? Um, well, dude, I honestly, I can relate to your pure volume days. I remember when we first started as a band, we recorded our first demo on a laptop Heck yeah, and then dude. we put everything, yeah, we, we put our four track EP out for free on pure volume because at the time that was like you know what i mean <laughs> yeah so I, I feel like i mean going from being able to just do that and and know that kids are gonna you know I mean, we showed up in the charts for a little bit and just because it was free i mean you remember how that worked oh yeah like, dude oh, i found so much music and downloaded so much music to my ipod because it was free and it was like and yeah. the quality didn't matter because it was like it had a cool enough sound that i was like yeah it could be like a 15 bit sounding song, but it was still cool. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like maybe those days are dying out a little bit. Like you definitely need, or there's definitely like a, a sound now where, yeah. you know, I mean, if your quality isn't there in the recording, most people won't even, they won't even pay attention to you or whatever. You know, so yeah. Which um, is why, I mean, I don't know for my podcast, yeah. I, I went out and spent a couple hundred bucks to at least get something that would make it sound reasonable you know like it doesn't have to be like radio production but i was like you're you're right man people people nowadays are are almost like smarter than i ever was back in the day to what quality is video quality audio quality they just they they're like they're surrounded by it so much now it it definitely is different yeah i think it's good and i think it's definitely good and bad i think it gets um I don't know. Gives you more opportunity to do things on your own. I think because the technology is a little cheaper. So if, if you are able and capable of recording yourself, you can do it. Yeah. But for the most part, most people that don't have those skills, you know, what I mean, you, you got to pay. Yeah, you got to pay a little bit of money or go to the go to the right name. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're in a place right now in the studio. I mean, studio time is is pricey. I mean, if people if people haven't been in and try and done studio time, it's kind of hard to understand how pricey it can be. And it's, it's something that is a barrier to entry, especially where quality is such a, at the forefront of, of people's minds now. And, um, something going along with that is you said that, that the band the dynamic, the, the, the members of the band have, have shifted and you're the only original member kind of reminds me like, like yellow card, you know, they went on their last tour. What is it? Two years ago. And, um, the only original member was the violinist. And so, um, as that, as that has changed, that's crazy. Yeah. As that has changed, has, how has that impacted like the writing process of music or even like the, the, the performance process for you where like, obviously you're performing with a bunch of different people now. How does that process, uh, how has it evolved with different people? Um, I don't know. I mean, there's a different dynamic to everything. Um, I feel like it's, I mean, there's a big difference between, I feel like us and a band like yellow card that you mentioned, whereas, you know, I mean, the level of 
dust the yellow card was at when their members left was probably, you know, I mean, definitely a much <laughs> higher than, you know, I mean, Carousel Kings being on, you know, an indie label and, you know, at the time that the band kind of had like the fizzle out phase, it was just after like, uh, you know what I mean, our second full length on an indie label. Yeah. So, I don't know. Um, I think it's easier now. I feel like the group we have now is better than any other group we've had. Awesome. Uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I feel like writing-wise, everyone compliments each other really well. Everyone, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I think I think it's I think it's a good look. That's that's awesome. Yeah, it's it's something so interesting to me because I like to me the the few times I've ever played music like in like an organized place. It was like with my best friends. And so it was never really something that I ever thought about was, Oh man, how would this change if, if, uh, one of these guys just ditched out and we just added someone to replace him? Cause stylistically, you know, people are going to have different, different influences or different things that they want the sound to be. And so that's why, that's why I was curious. Cause that's just, that's an interesting thought to me is, you know, bands evolve and, and because of that evolution, you know, the, the band is going to, to continue making music. That's the thing that, that always is going to stay true. So from the beginnings, you know, of your music, you kind of, you, you started out recording on a computer, on a laptop, putting it to, to pure volume. What was the, what was the drive? What kept you going? Um, for me, I just was stuck in that, like, <laughs> I wanted the to tour. I would, I would do like whatever it took to try to get on, like, whether it's, like, book, our, book it ourselves, I mean, DIY it, or just try to, you know I mean, attract the attention of the local label from our town to get us on shows. Um, I just liked playing, and I guess uh, the camaraderie thing, and the also being able to, like, um, release bottled-up energy in a healthy way that also helps other people. Yeah, for sure. Cool. So, so if you don't mind go a little bit more into to detail on that. Cause that's something that I think I can relate to, but I want to, I want to have like your point of view on it, that, that releasing that bottled up energy. Um, yeah, man, I, I feel like, I mean, people are people and we have so many similarities and differences. Um, me personally, I find it, I can tend to like bottle stuff up at times. And so for me to like release it, um, when I'm playing at a show and giving it my 110%, there's something about like that genuineness that I feel like allows you to attract other like-minded individuals, whether they went through a similar struggle or, you know, they come up to you after the show and they say, Hey, I want to ask you about this or that. Um, yeah, I don't know. I feel like that's like a genuine moment. And I think with the rise of social media, it's getting harder and harder to find those genuine interactions. Yeah. Uh, and then for me, I just, that's why I enjoy the show experience so much. That makes sense. Yeah. Cause that's, it's so true. Cause you know, you, you'd think that with social media being more prevalent, that it would be easier to find that connection. But you're, you're saying, I mean, I, I agree with you that it's more difficult because people are only sharing specific snippets, right? They're not actually like, yeah, they're not actually, I inter- feel like social media is like, yeah, it, it, it at times can just be the glorified version of high school where, <laughs> you know, I mean, the same click, sharing the same, you know, I mean, this is trending, so I'll share this. Yeah. And like, you know, I mean, I got to fit in with this or that fat. I'm not, yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> I'm not all about that, but it's definitely a great tool. Yeah, I mean, it's um, a... But, uh, for me, like, yeah, the live music would be my... And I think, I think there is something magical. I was talking the the first podcast that I did, I interviewed a guy who I've been following like his music. I've been following it since I was like 15 years old. And so like, I've known him for like 13 years, you know? And, uh, I was talking to him about, about just like that, that whole process. And I, and I was like, this is something that I, that you, you seem to get that I think a lot of people are missing now is there's something magical about a live concert. And I think, I think a lot of kids nowadays don't appreciate like, yeah, it's like, yeah, you could put on a, an entire Facebook live concert, or you could watch a video of the live performance, but there's just something about being there and then, and experiencing it. Yeah. And then even then I feel like I've started to notice, uh, even then it's like when a lot of times when people are there experiencing it, they're not even fully emerged in the show i mean they they got their their phrones out yeah. they're like they're i mean they're they're not really in the moment uh, and yeah and there's something being in the moment is is cooler yeah. than following a trend yeah cuz like that's that's i i remember so um I went to that farewell tour of of Yellow Card and William Ryan Keys the lead singer he was like he's like all right all right all of you got enough video you've got all your photos put that crap away and let's actually have a concert. Right. And that was like the second or third song in right at, right at the beginning of the song. He was like, all right, before we actually start this song, I want everyone to put their phones away. And it's, is because there's an energy and there's like, there is a magic about a live concert that you can't really explain unless you've been to it and experienced it. Right. Yeah. You're not going to capture it on your phone, even if you try. And uh, I feel like if you're trying that hard to capture it, then, you're not really fully enjoying it either. Yeah, exactly. But it's just me. Probably like the old head in the room. <laughs> no, <laughs> I, I relate to that. Cause I'm, I'm a little old fashioned. I mean, I'm, I'm like, I'm pretty old fashioned in a lot of ways. Like I still prefer to buy a physical CD over having a digital version of it just because oh, yeah. there's something about having a tangible CD in my hand that says I supported this band. Yeah, I mean, and then at that point, then go on social media and say, you know, I mean, this band's awesome. Check out this this album or whatever, you know. Exactly. And I think I think that's something that's so so interesting. It's it's something missing in the younger generation is is there's there's this life, and then there's reality, right? There's there's life on social media, and then there's reality, and it's like there are a lot of people who have been able to mesh the two and like, you know, share on social media organically and not have it feel forced or like out of place. But I find myself like, like on my social media, I, uh, on my own personal page, like I go to the gym every day and every once in a while I want to share, Hey, I'm, I go to the gym, you know? And I'll like, mm-hmm. I'll like be sitting there and I'm like, all right, I got a rep to do. And then I'm like, oh crap, I want to record this. So that way I can po- post it to Instagram. Right. And so I'm like sitting there for like, five minutes trying to get my phone situated in a way where it looks okay. It looks natural. natural And And I'm like, how unnatural is it to have my, my video look natural? (laughs) Uh, And I think that's the, the concept, right? Is it's like, is it's like, there's, there's just something, um, with those live concerts that 
the best way to do it. And, and I, I think you guys are, are one of the bands that does this. I saw in a lot of pictures that you guys like to do meet and greets and, and sit and talk with your, your fans and stuff. And, and one of the best ways from what I used to do is I used to get autographs on CDs and, and shirts and stuff and just be like, I was there. Let me tell you about it because I'm not going to show you a video. It's not going to express how cool this was. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, yeah, man, absolutely. And, and for you as, as a musician, what does it do? Like, I don't know exactly how to word the question necessarily, but, um, where you, where you get a lot of energy and a lot of ability to express yourself in those live concert settings. Um, what would you say like the impact it has on you personally when people come and truly enjoy those shows? Um, dude, it makes me feel like I'm doing something worthwhile, you know, it makes me, it makes me feel good. It makes me feel like I want to keep doing it. Um, it makes me feel better to, I mean, like some of the songs I feel like lyrically were harder than others to write. Yeah. So, um, in those, in those uncomfortable moments, it just makes you feel better to know that you tried, uh, to do what you love. You know what I mean? Uh, regardless of uh, how, you know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Just cause something inside you kind of like, you feel like it's the right thing to do. So you're just trying to do the right thing. Yeah, exactly. And when like, when a crowd of people like, uh, you know, in my mind, I'm picturing, you know, 17 to 24 year olds in the crowd right in front of you, you, you turn the mic over and they just belt your lyrics back to you. What, what thoughts go through your head at that moment? Um, <laughs> so, I don't know. Sometimes it's, I feel like most of the time it's kind of like a humbling experience where I'm just like, I'll just get like super stiff. Uh, and I'm just, I don't know. I guess gratitude would be the word for me personally. Uh, yeah. I, just fucking blessed. <laughs> really though. Like I, I just like, I just imagine that and I'm just like, man, that's, that's something so cool because, um, a lot of people are aware that, you know, there's, there's a lot of, a lot of vulnerability in the songwriting process. When you're putting words out there, you may be trying to be, you know, a little bit poetic or whatever, but there is, there's a lot of emotion. And like you were saying, you know, some of the songs that were harder to write, that emotion is going to come through in a song. And I, I mean, I, I would love to hear the story, but I'm not even going to ask about it because it's, it's something that in the song is just in the song. Something isn't right. It's just like clearly something so emotional how how hard is it to play those songs like those songs that have such deep you know personal meaning is it like do you play those songs live or do you kind of do you always put everything out there at the live shows or do you choose which songs that you're you're going to kind of say we're going to play a lot of these ones and then less of these types um we usually try to do a mixed bag when we play live uh we we, we do play something isn't right we've played it a bunch of times we actually played it uh at the AVR show and Dustin, they, they, um, Dustin Davidson sang on the recording and he actually sang it at the show too. Awesome. So, so we, we, um, I can speak for myself, I guess I, I kind of get like, uh, antsy. I got like the ADD, ADHD thing where like, I feel better when we switch up the set. So we kind of have like a go-to set and then we'll always have like a handful of other songs that we're ready to play, uh, whenever that makes sense at a, at a moment's notice. Yeah. That, that makes yeah. sense. Cause obviously like 
you, you, you practiced a lot to put the songs together, but it's not like muscle memory where all of you can get in time ex- at the, right now and just be like, Hey, let's play a song from 2012 together right now. You'd have to, it'd, it'd probably be a little bit yeah, of work. I mean, <laughs> we, we, yeah, we, we'll pick out like, all right, these are the songs from 2012 that we're, we'll be okay with and we'll learn or whatever. So, um, but yeah, for the most part, dude, I feel like we were trying to push Charm City on these previous tours. We played mostly Charm City songs. We did play a lot of older stuff. We played Unity. We played Spice. So it's always, uh, we just try to keep it interesting. Yeah, for sure. I, I love, um, I love that album, uh, the Charm City album. I, so it came out February of last year and man, I like, I'll, I'll hear songs on it. I'm like, man, I forgot how good this song is. Cause one of my favorite things is shuffle. I, I shuffle my music constantly because, um, so a little bit about how I listen to music. When a CD comes out, I will listen to it from track one to the end without any breaks, without any interruptions to try and get like the full experience. Right. And so I listened to the full album and I was like, man, so good. So I put it on repeat again. And then I started and I, 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 you know, I put my attention elsewhere, but still listen through. And then now I'll like shuffle all my music until there's a new release and I'll do that same thing again. But while, while I'm shuffling through my music, I'll have your guys' songs come on. Like, for example, like dynamite or headphones. And I'm like, dang it, man, I forgot how good this song is. And then I'll go back and listen to the album again, because it's like, it's just that reminiscent, that reminder of like, dang, this is, this is why I I really dig Carousel Kings. And it was one of those, like I said, really random finds, but super glad I found it. (laughs) And so, so I, for someone who's a concert goer, I definitely appreciate when a band does what you do and switches it up and plays songs from multiple different albums, multiple different eras, because there's something that fans get to get excited about with that concert set. And so anyway, that's just a little side thought that I had just barely about your music. <laughs> that's sick, man. We sound like we need more, uh, more people like you. <laughs> hey man, I'm, I'm trying to spread the word, man. It's, 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 it's the best way. Like nowadays I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm super big into like full length records because there's, there's a story to be told. And there's also like, there's kind of an ebb and flow of energy throughout the albums. And like, I think this is, this is something that, um, I talked to a band called stories untold. I talked with them about this. Um, this is something I wanted to ask you about is what's the process of choosing kind of like, which songs are going to go where on your album? Is, is there a thought process? Obviously, I'm assuming it's not just throw it at the wall and see what sticks. It's you probably methodically say, okay, this is the first track. This is definitely the last track. So how do you, how do you design your album? Um, okay. So previously I feel like it was more random, but we, we would definitely try to have it like at the heavier hitters. Like, you know, I mean, you want track one to be a banger. Um, recently we were actually told and given advice to try to like structure your album in the same way that you would want to play your live set. So like, you mean track one would be the opener song, track two would be song two in your set, you know, and so on and so forth. So that's like another way to try it. Uh, I don't know. There's definitely no right or wrong way, but in the past we've done both. Okay. So which way do you prefer? Um, I think now I'm at, I'm at more of the, the set list type of thing where like, you just want to make sure 
that if you were to go play, you know, the album front to back, that it flows really well. Yeah. And that's, like I said, that the, the, the first time that I started really doing what I do in terms of listening from start to finish was, um, I don't know if you've ever heard of the band may, but they released an album called the Everglow. And the Everglow was a story to be told throughout the entire thing. Every song tied together, everything flowed perfectly. The introduction and the outro were talking about what, you know, this whole entire story. And you follow along with like the, uh, the insert from the CD. And so it was like this whole entire experience. And I was like, holy cow, this is how music is supposed to be experienced is engulfed in the the music and so since then that's why i do what i do because there's something just so cool about starting an album and just dedicating your time to listen to it anyway just kind of switching gears here i uh that's just something that that i've i want more people to do i want more people to appreciate the the energy and time that that a band like you puts into your music because I mean, I freaking love your guys' music. Just just to get that out of the way here. <laughs> but um yeah, dude. Thanks, man. I mean, hopefully uh yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um so you guys to be were recently in in Germany playing some shows, right? Yeah, yeah. How was that? Dude, Germany was nuts. <laughs> like uh I mean, definitely a whole other world, you know, like uh I don't know, I've never been to Europe before. We were actually in England too, so I've never been there. We were there for like uh, about two weeks. Um, dang, dude, <laughs> totally, just really cool, man. Hope we can go back next Heck year. Heck yeah, dude! So, what was your favorite part about about going out there and and visiting a new place? Um, me, I'm a sucker for the food. <laughs> I feel like I always remember a good meal. <laughs> um. Did you have, yeah, what are those, um, what are they called? Donners or something like that? That German, I don't remember what they're called. The donut? Yeah, yeah, the German or, donut um, thing. I didn't have the donut, but my favorite thing in Germany was probably the, it was, I don't know how to pronounce it, it's Spatzel or Spetzel. Kind of like fried dough, sort of, but dude, that, that was freaking amazing. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> dude, I... I've never, like the extent of me getting out of the country was going to Canada to, uh, um, Niagara Falls. So really like that's basically not leaving the country because Niagara Falls is kind of both U S and Canadian. And so, so I, uh, I always love hearing stories about when people go out, especially to like Europe and stuff. Cause, um, I'm intrigued of the fact that like, you know, old here in the U S is like a couple hundred years, but old in Europe is like thousands of years. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah let me retract my, my favorite, my retract my statement. My favorite spot was definitely in Scotland. Oh yeah. So like Edinburgh. We got to see the Edinburgh castle oh, and that was freaking sick. Dude. My wife would oh. be super jealous. She, uh, she keeps telling me how for our, you know, for one of our anniversaries, we need to go to Scotland and I'm like, Oh, I would love to, I would absolutely yeah. love it. Yeah. Do it. I should then. I should definitely do it. it sure. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. The, the, uh, the architecture, there's nothing else like it. I feel like I was pretty blown away. That's that's uh, awesome. There's, there's dudes that look like, uh, you know, the Braveheart dudes. Yeah, yeah. With the blue faces. Yeah, they're, they're hanging out in there. <laughs> <laughs> did, you, did you decide to try, um, what's that... Um, that is it haggis did you try any haggis <laughs> no 
No, I didn't try. Dude, <laughs> I, I didn't try any haggis. I, I have a really weak <laughs> gag reflex. Well, strong or weak? I don't know which term it would be, but I would I would not be able to do it, man. I uh, I I don't have the strength to to eat stuff like that anyway. <laughs> Yeah, that's like, isn't it like stomach and like, yeah, so it's, I think they use the, uh, the lining of the intestines to hold it all together and then they stuff it full of like all these different types of things. And I just like, like I just, my wife watches, uh, the, the great race or whatever that, that amazing race. Um, and one of the challenges was eating haggis, like making and eating haggis. And I couldn't, I couldn't watch with her. I was just so disgusted at the whole process. And so first off, apologies to anyone who is Scottish or Irish and actually enjoys haggis, but I, I just don't have the stomach for, for even like looking at it. (laughs) So, um, from you, you were in Germany, you said you were out there in Europe for two weeks then. Um, yeah, so we were in England for about two weeks and then we took, uh, we took that tunnel train or whatever <laughs> underneath the, the channel and whenever drove through France and we had like four shows in Germany. So is the, is it pretty, a pretty strong scene out there in terms of like the punk rock and whatnot? Yeah, dude, I feel like Germany was, um, Germany, I feel like there's like the, you know, I feel like even Europe in general, there's like the, the older guys. So I feel like the demographics different than the United States. Um, it's not uncommon to see like, just like a 35, I mean, not to like put age down, age is just a number, but like, just like older guys just at the show rocking your stuff. You Dude, know? I actually, um, I actually really like that, uh, the age thing has started to kind of change in the, the punk rock scene, especially with a lot of, a lot of older musicians kind of coming back out and making music and stuff. Like, um, some of my favorites like Goldfinger released an album last year, which was fantastic. And dropkick Murphy's released an album. And so a lot of these bands and, uh, you know, they, they, they've been around for so, so long and it's like, it's refreshing to see that like they still got it. You know what I mean? Yeah, dude. So for you, this is, this is, um, kind of going along with what I just was mentioning about the bands that I, that I dig, who are, who are some of the bands that like inspired you to do music, like to, to start being a musician? Um, when I, when I realized how bad of a guitar player Tom DeLong was, <laughs> <laughs> but he could still write really good songs. I feel like, uh, that was probably the point for me where I was like, yeah, I can play guitar. I could probably do that. I can I could probably uh, write, play a couple chords. Um, I feel like the self-titled Blink album was probably one of my favorite. One of my favorites. Dude, out that album was amazing. Like Green Day, the American Idiot album. I, I went to the Jimmy E World thing. My Chemical Romance was big for me. The Used was probably one of the first bands that was like heavier that I was into. Yeah, dude. Uh, Burton McCracken's uh, from just down the road from where I live. Yeah, I know, dude. That's when I saw your uh, <laughs> I saw promo. I, that's the first thing I thought of. I was like, "Oh shit, that's where that's where Burke's from." <laughs> yeah, one dude. Of my, one of my uh, one of my vocal, you know, icons. Like one of my heroes. Dude, his so, voice is just crazy. Great voice, so crazy uh, yeah, good. Dreams, highs, lows. Yeah. <laughs> And a great song. Yeah, dude. And yeah, I mean, their, their new album took a lot of, a lot of creative Liberty, which I thought was cool. They, they branched out. They, they, I think that's one thing that the used has done really well, actually, is they've, they've never really allowed themselves to be pigeonholed into 
a single idea or sound. And so like they've released so many different styles of music. And I think my chemical romance, yet another band that, that has just constantly expanded what people thought of the genre, you know, they expanded the minds of people because they're like, this is, yes, it's, it's emo punk rock, but it's also very, very musically talented people in this genre. Wouldn't you say? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, like, I mean, those are the artists that I was gravitating towards as a kid. So, yeah. So, do you do you find like oh, when I you're that, when man. you're writing a song, do you find like yourself thinking of those bands, or do you kind of like, um, as you're writing a song, do you just really just sit down and and dive deep into into your own mind and and just write out what you can think of, um, or is there a balance between the two? Um. You know, I try to have a balance. I honestly, I'm trying to get away from, I feel like the punk rock guy is always going to be inside of me somewhere. You yeah, know I mean? for you sure. You can't change your past. You can't change your roots. So anymore, I feel like I'm trying to listen to other genres of music as many as I can and just try to take them in and appreciate them for what they are. Genres that I haven't, that maybe I, I skipped over. I didn't spend enough time listening to or studying, um, uh, yeah, so I guess I'm, uh, right now I've been into like more of like the, a mix between, you know, my roots and like a lot of pop, like modern pop, whether it's like the pop songs, like the singer-songwriter guys. Um, I'm trying to think of some names, like John Billion. I feel oh, like I, I really like that album. I don't, I don't even know if I'm pronouncing his name right. but Yeah, I, yeah, I think name. John Billion or however you great. say it, the one he released. Yeah, yeah, yeah. dude, that album... 2016 that was my number one album of the year it was so good yeah that was one of my favorites there's another dude i think his name is i forget the roman numerals but it's like quinn xc11 or something and then it's very very similar you know i mean like the 21 pilots thing yeah, dude. Any, any kind of hip-hop so i'm pretty selective with hip-hop but uh i do love the beats and stuff yeah so. dude, i'm I'm just, I'm all over the board, man. Sounds like I'm pretty similar to you in terms of, in terms of like branching out. Like I'm, I'm pretty selective when I branch out, like I'll branch out into a lot of different genres, but there's only certain individuals within that genre that I will really branch out to like, like NF in the hip hop world. NF is one of my, yeah, yeah, dude, his albums are great. Yeah, Yeah, dude. uh, I have, uh, I had the first one and I think I skipped number two and went right to the third one. Cause he did like an album a year or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So I kind of like missed, but dude, great songwriter. I feel like emotions are there. You can, you know what I mean? Like there's, there's the one song about his mom being into pills. And dude, stuff. that song, like, I don't know. Just like it's so emotional. Yeah. <laughs> the rawness. There's a rawness there. And that's, dude, that's our man. That's the stuff that I, seem to be attracted to her. Yeah, and that's why I dig 21 oh. Pilots so much too is they're very similar to that. They have that very raw this is who we are type sound. They're like doesn't matter what anyone says, we're going to make music the way that we make music. And uh I think it's yeah. I think it's awesome that they're that they've hit it so big in terms of in terms of success. Dude, they're killing it. I <laughs> I remember when Garrus Kings played and launched music conference and 21 Pilots Laid at this freaking taco shop across <laughs> the street here, across from CI Records. Yeah, they played. They had a full size piano and 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 the drummer. I'm pretty sure. Um, and at that time, they were unknown completely, or at least to, to my eyes. And it was like within a year, they were all over the radio. The the album was like 
Star Stereo came out, and I forget the other single off that album. Yeah, they they had quite a few. They had like Migraine and and um, Guns for Hands, and yeah. but that yeah, Guns for Hands. Yeah, dude. Like when I discovered their music, I was like instantly hooked and I was like, man, these guys are so good. And then apparently everyone else agreed. And I was like, well, you know, they deserve it because they are that good. (laughs) Yeah. So talented. They're fun to watch. Yeah, dude. I, uh, it's, it's so cool to see them. Like I've, um, like just rewatching videos and stuff like on the computer and stuff of their live concerts. It's, it's just cool. And there's, it's crazy how many people are coming to some of these shows now for them too. like another band that I really dig is imagine dragons in that, that world of like, um, bridging multiple gaps of, of styles and stuff. Imagine dragons is another one that fits in that, that category for me too. Um, dude, I, have you ever listened to a band called, uh, you're saying like crossing, crossing genres. It made me think of the band enter Shikari. But like uh, they use a lot of like techno sounds. Their older stuff was like super into like the techno and like um, the dubstep sound thing. But now like the most recent one, it's more of a rock album, but it still has that techno stuff. Cool. I, yeah, uh, I haven't heard them. I'll have really to check cool. that out. Yeah. Worth a gander. Yeah, dude. Because <laughs> I mean, you know, uh, this is this is gonna be a fun one. Um, just as as like kind of a, a finishing thing. I'll tell mine first and I'll let you tell yours second. But one of my uh, one of my like guilty pleasures, you know, in terms of music, people, you know, things that I like to listen to that kind of like don't fit my my mold, my genre. But I think one of my biggest guilty pleasures, like the Chainsmokers, I freaking love the Chainsmokers a ton. So who, who would you say are like yeah. one of your guilty pleasures? Like when you're just like sitting down and you're like, all right, you know, this this band maybe they're not great. Maybe they're, maybe they are great. Maybe no one likes them. Cause another one for me would be even Justin Bieber. I think Justin Bieber's fantastic too. So, <laughs> so who, who would be your, your guilty pleasure? Um, guilty. Um, let me think. I don't know, dude. I, I kind of felt guilty that I really enjoyed, uh, the Taylor Swift album, 1989, but I feel like honestly, the songwriting is too good feel guilty so i don't know if i can say that but definitely yeah one way to not feel guilty with that album <laughs> is just to listen to the brian adams version because he covered the entire album dude i have that one too i just i just started listening to that one because the buddy uh the place where i dropped my guitars off he was like dude this is my guilty pleasure because we were talking about guilty pleasures and it was like yo t swift is one Heck yeah dude and they were playing his is it Brian or Ryan? I always get them. So there's it's not the summer 69. Sorry. Guy, yeah. Right? It's Ryan Adams. So there are two different ones. There's Brian Adams has music yeah. and then there's Ryan Adams. It was Ryan Adams who covered the album. Brian Adams is the one Brian yeah. Adams and the Cardinals is like a different band, completely different oh, band. Yeah. 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 Dude, but yeah, his remake or his, his cover of it too, the way he uh, arranged the songs is really cool. You know what I mean? It's, it, it's like got the acoustic guitar vibe feel. I felt like a lot of the lyrics, uh, hit me a little harder in the way that he sang them as opposed to the way that Taylor Swift sung them. Uh, it, like, I feel like in pop music and especially like the way that it sounds, I feel like you can kind of like lose yourself and like lose the lyrics or like lose the meaning. Sometimes it can get lost in translation. Yeah. There's like, a lot going on. I don't know, just like the processing. And like, yeah. I don't know. The Ryan Adams is just more of a, a raw vibe, I guess. 
more of like a real feel for sure dude i agree and i like the funny thing is i i love both albums like just in different ways right like i love taylor swift's version of that album like i (laughs) i played that way too much when it came out like way too much yeah me too man I was like, there's something wrong with me. What am I doing here? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, dude. T Swift. T Swift, man. Dude. She's she's good though. <laughs> she she knows how to make music. Um anyway, man, yeah. as uh, as we close out, is there anything that you want to say to to the people listening? I mean, just be on the lookout for our next album, new music. If you haven't checked out Charm City yet, you'd see that. Uh give us a follow on Spotify or, or Instagram, all our socials. Say what's up. Um yeah, good vibes and positive times. Heck yeah, man. I'm a, I'm a huge fan. Anyone who wants to support Carousel Kings, um, give them a listen. If you really like the sound, they've got a merch store as well. You can buy some t-shirts, buy some vinyl, which is super cool. They've got multicolored vinyl, which is pretty rad. Um, anyway, I'll link the, the merch store down in the description, um, of the, of the video or of the, of the podcast. Sorry. Um, I will be doing a video form of this as well, but, um, but I'll be linking that in the descriptions that way people can go and support you guys as well. And, uh, any, any tours coming up here in the near future? I don't know. I mean, I know we're playing uh summer fest supporting the plain white tees in June. Awesome. Then we're playing the strand warp tour date in July. Aside from that, we're just kind of focused on writing for the next album. Fantastic. Um, if, uh, Oh yeah. Could you also plug, uh, the carousel Kings.com. Like if anybody wants to, um, I don't know, really follow us and get in touch. We'll have uh, lyrics up there as well as like studio updates and all the other links that you need. Awesome. Heck yeah, dude. Carousel Kings.com. Yeah, baby steps, and we're we're open to uh, recommendations. If anybody wants to tell us, I mean, you want some some special, uh... <laughs> well, cool man. <laughs> some footage, or uh, I don't know. I, I feel like um, I thought lyrics would be a good. Start, Heck yeah, dude! Yeah. I that was one uh, of my favorite things with with like the CD inserts is having the lyrics right there. I just think it's cool. Yeah, it's great, and and it, uh, some of the iTunes. Uh, I don't know if you have like Apple Music. And some of those tracks it actually shows you the lyrics too, and I think that's cool. I always enjoy. You can like listen to the song as you're reading the lyrics. Yeah, dude, it it is rad. I love it. I think it's cool, and I, I it's it's not available with all of them, but when it is, I love listening to it because then because sometimes you know you were talking about being lost in translation. Sometimes the uh, you'd lose the um, the words or you can't understand the words, and so it's nice to have those written out and ready to go, so you can listen to it and read them at the same time. So so carouselkings.com you guys can read the the lyrics as as you listen to the song so that's pretty cool but anyway man thank you so much for uh for joining me today dude i really appreciate your time dude yeah thank you so much chad thanks for having me on and uh i look forward to uh, dude maybe we can meet me sometime ahead of show or get some za or do whatever you know heck yeah dude I'm, I'm looking forward to it